episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 6, Wrench. The original air date for this episode was October 28th, 2016. Today for us, yesterday for you. It was directed by Alex Smite who uh, is primarily an editor based on his uh, credits. He had 64 credits editing the original CSI. Oh, okay. Um, well, good, good friends with George then. Right, yeah. And actually, he did direct, it looks like, 42 episodes of the original CSI. Oh, so geez. he has a lot of directing credits, yeah. too. And two episodes of CSI Cyber, which I think got canceled very quickly. Yeah. Um, and uh, he will also come back to direct next week's episode, Can Opener. Um, this was written by... Brian Durkin, who uh, has a few acting credits, including an uncredited role as an audience member on the set of Fridays in Man on the Moon. Okay. Which was the the show that, like, where uh, Andy was supposed to pretend that he was um, he was high, and he said he couldn't play stoned, and okay. then Michael Richards like threw all the cue cards in his face. <laughs> And then Vincent Schiavelli stands up and says, this has been a happening, or whatever he called it. <laughs> but, uh, so apparently he was there on that set. Um, but uh, he also wrote uh, next week's episode, Can Opener. So same director, same writer coming back next week. We um, see, we, that's why we went into this thinking... I thought it was going to be a two-parter. Yeah. yeah. I thought we were going to leave on a cliffhanger, and that didn't happen. So, and I also don't know if these credits are 100% right. Mm-hmm. As far as how next week's is supposed to go, yeah. But at least right now, according to IMDb, next week we will have can opener with the same director and writer team. Um, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, we get a couple of flashbacks to MacGyver's days as a bomb defusal uh, expert. Right, in we're the... carrying that over from the original series where he was a uh, him and his good friend Charlie Robinson mm-hmm. were bomb diffusers in Vietnam, and now. Yeah, and now a, uh, a bomber from his yeah now a bomber from his past that he never caught yeah is back and planting bombs again right. Um, and we start the episode uh, with, with, with the opening gambit of they're in a car mm-hmm, buried that's, alive yeah that's getting buried. Uh, they uh, apparently were just in a high speed pursuit or chase. Sorry, they were right. being pursued high speeds. And then <laughs> they were shoved off a road into a ditch where mm-hmm. dirt is now being pushed over the top. Yeah, of the car. Uh, I guess. There was a tractor nearby, and I guess they didn't get out of the car once they got into the ditch. Yeah. A lot of things happened where they were very quickly covered yeah. in dirt. What matters is that we joined them mid-Barry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the car's already completely covered, and... Uh, MacGyver says, we only have about an hour to get out of here. I was like, oh. That's, a, that's actually way more time than I expected. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, I feel like once you crack one of those windows, you can just dig through that loose soil, because yeah. it's not packed down, it's just... Just piling it on there. You pull a bee kiddo and you just dig your way up as the loose yeah. ground is falling past you. Yeah, yeah. You, you have that whole car to fill up. Yeah. You know? Um, you just, there's no graboids in this situation. Yeah. Should be fine. Uh, but instead of digging their way out, uh, MacGyver... MacGyver mentions that he just rented the movie Neighbors 2. <laughs> he wants to try something. He, uh, Yeah, he rips out all of the uh, airbag... Uh, not for the bags themselves, but for... Actually, the, that's in the first one, huh? I never saw either of the Neighbors I think movies. That, I think it's the first one that has all the airbag stuff. I've seen I've seen pranks of people using airbags to launch people, uh, like as whoopee cushions. Yeah. 
It's really horrifying. I've seen one where a person was blowing out the candles on a birthday cake that had an airbag in it, oh, and it just geez. exploded and just plastered all the walls with frosting. I'll throw that on the show notes if I can find the, it. The, that, there, it's such an explosive force. I mean, even you could kill someone. Yeah, exactly. The, then they put a fork in it and just launches yeah. into their eye. Oh, I remember this old SNL sketch where um, instead of airbags, it was like full of popcorn. <laughs> and so it's like they it's pull like the heat from the fire will cause it to yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so it's like the officer like coming like to help someone out of the car, and they're just like eating, eating popcorn. popcorn. <laughs> what seems to be the problem, officer? Like your car's upside down. Uh, so MacGyver uh, plants all the explosives up in the uh, in the on the dashboard where like the kind of at the like the the. The angle where where the windshield meets the dashboard, yeah, like and the, he, the tight area yeah, he, there. He jams the the airbag is right up against the window, but then he jams it in with the uh, the headrest on the top mm-hmm. of the chair, and it's like there's like a handle on the front of the glove compartment that it right. seems like he's balancing the bars on. Yeah, and then he uh, he just grabs all the wiring that that's tr- that would trigger these to the computer and just yeah. kind of shorts it out with his Swiss Army knife. Yeah. He tells Jack and Riley to cover their ears, but, but he doesn't cover. He his doesn't own. cover his own. This really bothers me because he's right to tell them to cover their ears because that that confined space with that amount of level of force is going to blow out your eardrums. Yeah, it's not. It's not just a matter of like the sound that's deafening. It's just the the pressure yeah. is going to just just pop them. And I also find it hard to believe that this little arm rest handhold thing on the glove compartment is stronger mm-hmm. than however many feet of dirt are piled up on top of the cart. Like, yeah, it might've just punched that thing out and stabbed him in the chest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, but instead, it launches dirt 15 feet in the air. Yeah. It completely blows a hole large enough for them to escape the vehicle. Yeah. And, uh, MacGyver apparently can hear perfectly fine because Jack makes a, a, a clever joke and, uh, MacGyver hears it. He's not suffering from the uh, the archer tinnitus of like hong hong <laughs> every time the gun goes off near his ear. You fired a gun right next to my head, <laughs> uh, and that's the opening gambit. Yeah, um, there was something some plot about uh, that Riley had a computer that controlled some kind of missile defense system. Yeah, it's not really important because it doesn't play into the rest of the episode. But yeah. that's why they were there. Yeah, and it was wrapped up in like a like a. Like a bunch of rags. I don't. I, th- I think maybe she was pretending to be pregnant. Is that what they were trying to smuggle it out? Yeah. Or they but, just didn't want to pay to have another bomb prop made for this episode. That's true. They were like, "What if we just tape this newspaper into an egg?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back in L.A., uh, Jack is bringing MacGyver some coffee, and Wilt is busy making masks of presidents for his film. And honestly. He should quit filmmaking and go into mask making. Yeah, because this is like... The, the masks that he has, like, Tom Cruise could slip right into, you know, his rogue agency. I, I have a feeling that this is where this is going to go for him, for his character, is that he's going to spend all his time creating all this really great makeup and effects, and 
that's what they're going to get to know him for. I hope we don't turn into Mission Impossible 2 after this and everybody's wearing masks for the whole next season. But this is like the second time that they've had... I think a, it's the third time. ...where they've had a really, really elaborate mask on this episode. And yeah. I keep thinking, it's going to come into play. Yeah. Because why wouldn't it? Yeah. Why are you setting it up? But they're insanely realistic. Yeah. They look great. It's like the, the, the mask of uh, Heisenberg that Brian Cranston wore right, yeah. at Comic-Con. <laughs> That's great. And he just goes around shaking hands with people and yeah. taking pictures, and then at the when he finally sits for the panel, he mm-hmm. takes it off, and it's actually him. Uh, so, uh, this these are the only scenes that we get with Wilt, by the way. He, he's he's like these weird, just just a reminder that he lives in L.A. and this is the and guy he, he lives Riley. with. Yeah, but otherwise he plays no role in the show. Yeah, I mean, if you cut all of his scenes out of the show. You wouldn't be like, hey, what is his home life like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or why was this episode exactly 30 seconds shorter? <laughs> <laughs> I can't put my finger on it. Uh, while this is going on, Patricia Thornton is training Riley uh, to fight. Which is a carryover from last week's episode where she was not trained in hand-to-hand combat mm-hmm. and was less useful on the train as a result. Yeah. Uh, but she wasn't because she was very useful. Yeah, uh, but the but, implication was that she was unprepared to deal with terrorists one-on-one. That's true. Even though she handily knocked one out with a laptop mm-hmm. to that face, I think. Yeah, but then he had to get tased. Yeah. Um, though uh, Patricia Thornton is like, as far as like the sizing up of this fight, Riley... Looks like someone who goes to the ring. Yeah, yeah. She looks like she's already very well built for fighting, and Patricia Thornton looks like she's way too skinny. Uh, I mean, she's not like anorexic or anything. But yeah, but she just doesn't have the same like muscly meat on her bones. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 she's got the height though. Yeah, like yeah, she's, yeah. she's definitely got a height and and reach advantage. Skinny but... guys fight to the burger. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's for Fight Club. <laughs> when he's like, "What historical person would you want to fight?" and he's like, "Abraham Lincoln." <laughs> And then I think he says something like skinny guys fight to the burger. I don't know what it meant, but he says it pretty sure. Hold on. I'm Googling it now. Skinny guys fight till their burger. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in a couple of years. I need to revisit. Yeah. Good stuff. But yeah, so they beat each other up for a while. And then um, it Riley kind of. Pretends like she has no idea why this is even happening, and mm-hmm. then Patricia reminds her for our sake. Yeah, but uh, they're interrupted with a call from the FBI, which is then transferred to MacGyver and Jack and everyone there uh, at, the, at the Phoenix Foundation. Right, say. yeah. Uh, they've been called in specifically to assist the FBI because Charlie Robinson asked for Mac personally. Right. Charlie Robinson, the character from the original series, mm-hmm. uh, season one, episode 14, Countdown, uh, who in that episode does not survive mm-hmm. and had a history of bomb defusal with MacGyver um, where they were apparently coming up on breaking the record of bomb defusal yeah, yeah, yeah. in Vietnam. Uh, and then here, um, MacGyver says that together they diffuse 127 IEDs. He doesn't mention a record at all. Right, right. Um, so maybe we can just take this number and put it in the original series to 
to get a canonical number for how many bombs he and Charlie Robinson yeah. used in Vietnam. Uh, yeah, not such a great episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as MacGyver flies to New York to talk to Charlie, they get a look at the bomb, and they're dressed in those full like flak suits. Hurt locker. Yeah. Yeah, with the neck, the, the giant neck on the suit that almost obscures the face. Mm-hmm. And uh, MacGyver examines the bomb and says, this isn't interesting. interesting. It's like your basic cell phone wiring. It doesn't look like anything special. But the chemical composition of the explosive is something that's like very, very sensitive and very unusual and very, very hard to get. Right. Uh, and Charlie says that by his deduction and whatever tests they've been able to run on residue from the bomb, mm-hmm. that it was made from like some heart medicine yeah. or something like that that was – like the purest medical form of this medicine was used as the explosive. Uh, the same uh, way that like nitro is. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say it must be some form of nitroglycerin. Yeah. Uh, as MacGyver starts to examine the bomb himself, they discover another bomb hidden inside, and they said that oh, this the the casing that it's in would make it invisible to an X-ray. Right. Um, maybe, but you would also just have this big white spot in the middle of the X-ray where. Yeah. It didn't because it wouldn't wouldn't it may make it maybe shielded from the X-ray, but you can't see through it. Yeah, but, but there should be a, a, a void black square in your X-ray. Yeah, there should be a void space in your X-ray that says, like, oh, "I think there might be something there." That's how that's how X-rays work, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when you have like a piece of metal in your body, yeah, X-rays wouldn't pass through it like like it's glass somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's another bomb, and it's already been activated, and it's got a, uh, about like three minutes, I think, ahead on the clock. Yeah. So they they wrap it up in the the one of the suits, take it outside, and I know he doesn't throw it. He doesn't not throw it down the manhole. Yeah, right? He doesn't. He doesn't open the manhole. He places it on top of the manhole, mm-hmm. and then puts a garbage can. He on puts top a of dumpster it? on top of it, and then parks a car next to it, on the side that presumably the dumpster would have tipped open on. Yeah. To keep the blast within. But I don't understand the point of putting it on a manhole cover because I don't think it's going to blast the manhole cover down into the hole. I think it could, but it's going to go the path of least, least resistance, which yeah, would which be is to the lift dumpster. that car. Yeah. yeah, in the dumpster. It would... So it wouldn't even have pushed the manhole cover down. But apparently it explodes enough into the sewer that when we do see this bomb go off, it launches manhole covers in the background, mm-hmm. which are just as much a liability as anything else. Yeah. Like, they should have still been worried after they saw those other two explosions in the background. And, and also, the entire infrastructure of that underground drainage system is yeah. completely ruined. Yeah. Any utilities that were running yeah, through there. You were going to cost thousands of dollars in damage. You just cost millions of dollars in damage. Just let it explode. If you just put it in the field and put the dumpster over it, it would have been better. Yeah, exactly. Why not just, like, there's no one out there. Just let it explode. Yeah. It'll shatter some windows. But, uh, to be fair, they most likely would not have transported a live bomb to an FBI building. Mm-hmm. They, they would have done what the bomb squad does, which is detonate it, and then if they want to get any information from it, they go through the pieces the remains, of it. Yeah. They, don't, they don't test a, a working, functional bomb that could go off to find out how it was put together. Uh, I, I mean, do, maybe they do at TDAC. Y- I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was kind of reminded of that scene in, um, in The Rock, uh, where they have a suspicious package that they bring into the the cell, the the in the opening scene with Nicolas Cage. I have not seen that movie. You've not seen The Rock. I know. I'm embarrassed myself. Wait. 
Are you serious that you've yeah. never seen The Rock? I've never seen The Rock. You'd love it, man. It's I great. Would. I have yet to be disappointed by a Michael Bay film. Ah, okay, man. We we got a we got some plans <laughs> coming up. You're not even gonna throw Transformers two in my face. I appreciate that. You're no. a true friend. <laughs> I, I I would not throw any of the Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> I have a Transformers. Revenge of the Fallen was pretty bad. <laughs> That's the only one that I have a poster for in my room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love it. I still love it. Don't get me wrong. It's terrible, but it's so good. Um, and now we're in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because why, you know. I accidentally wrote a scene that takes place on a pyramid. <laughs> And Mexican pyramids aren't the right kind. <laughs> uh, so uh, the bomb goes off, and Charlie seems convinced that this is the work of the ghost. Right. Uh, who is true uh, to his a, name. A lion from the uh, this community that kills a lot of people. Yeah. Um, they fi- they fired ghost. Michael Douglas. Yep. Uh, so in a flashback... Uh, MacGyver is revisiting his last experience with the ghost when uh, uh, he's watching the body of his commanding officer and friend and mentor uh, being carried away just after one of the... uh, And this was exactly 10 years ago. Yeah. Or no, it couldn't have been. Well, when he's looking at one of the files, doesn't it say 06? When he oh, says how, said, how many years back does it go? It well, goes because, back 10 years. Because when it showed him in the training, it said six years ago. Unless oh, it okay. said 16 years ago, but that can't be right. Well, maybe it said 2010. I thought it said 2006 when he was looking at the file, but mm. maybe I was Well, she said that it has 10 years worth of footage. It doesn't mean yeah. that he went back 10 but it, years. I thought that the one that he double-clicked on to watch said 06 at the end mm. of the file name, but maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe it was in June and they did some other kind of date. Who knows? European-style dating. Is that even... European style. Well, you know, you put the if it, if it's just if it's just using two digits, um, and it was June, it could have been oh six one oh one oh, and you wouldn't know what. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I'm so lost. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> also I have to say, uh, dealing with uh, financial stuff internationally that that I occasionally do, um, the European date system makes well, way more sense. It makes way more sense. But they're not consistent with it. Yeah. That's what bothers me. Yeah. Is that like, it's like, oh, you know, we put the year, month, day. It's like, okay, I get that. It's like, oh, but on this oh, one. But this one, sometimes we do day, month, year. Yeah, sometimes we do it the other way. But it's always in order of smallest to largest or largest to smallest. And it's, it's not like here where and, we go month, day, yeah. year. And when it's only two digits and the, and especially like during the years of, of, of 01 to 12, uh, yeah. It was like, I don't know what date this is supposed to be. <laughs> it literally is 12, 12, 12. This could be Wait, no, that's easy. three different days. <laughs> 12, 12, 12 is the only one that I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea which one is the year or the day. But this one's probably the month. Uh, it could be the 13th month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lousy smarch weather. <laughs> uh, 30 days has September. And all the rest except December. <laughs> 35 days has December. It's so easy to remember. <laughs> There's a guy on The Daily Show trying to pitch a new calendar. Oh. Back when it was the Craig Kilborn Daily Show. Oh, wow. And they were like, but our scientists have determined that some people were actually born on the 31st. <laughs> it's just like stock footage of like a 50s science lab. 
it's like these countries uh, celebrate their independence on the 31st. Should they just pack away the uh, fireworks and not celebrate their independence? Well, some sacrifices would have to be made. <laughs> uh, back to the show. Yes. Uh, while they're examining some of the uh, fragments from the bomb, they find pieces of a camera and pieces of a SIM card, which I feel like they already knew that he because they had a cell phone attached to the other bomb. Why wouldn't he have one attached yeah. to this bomb? But they they felt especially attached to this SIM card because that they felt he was streaming video through it. Right. Um, again, you could do that to the other SIM card too. Yeah. But SIM cards. I mean, SIM cards. Okay, well, first of all, that's not how SIM cards work. SIM yeah. cards don't actually do the transmitting. It's yeah. more like a key. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, for this, it, for this purposes, it allowed them to track where the information was going somehow. Yeah. Uh, because Riley's a wizard. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a, a a math wizard. So they track it down to an apartment building, and I thought actually this scene was really interesting because MacGyver. Uh, this isn't interesting, but I thought it was actually kind of stupid. But um, MacGyver takes apart his cell phone to look in the apartment that right. they find, and of course, like you know, I I I have taken apart many a phone, and yeah, like the camera is usually attached by these wire ribbons, but not one that like spans two lengths of the phone. Yeah, that's a terrible design. Yeah, that you would have this ribbon. All that, that like, excess wire. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, luckily, there's so that he can flip the camera underneath the door. And uh, now there is someone in the apartment, and we immediately thought, "Well, that's just a dead body." Yeah, because like, he's sitting limp in a chair, facing away from them. Uh huh. Um, so they're gonna try to sneak up on him. So Jack tries to kick down the door, but he can't. It's reinforced. Yeah, when he kicks the first time, it totally gives them away. Yeah, and so they have to work together to break it down. But by the time they get in there, he's the, gone. The guy was gone. There's so a this, window open, and there's grass close enough that he could have jumped out and yeah. ran off. So this is like very much like the 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 other episode with uh, where the guy like got on a motorcycle and ran away, and we thought, oh, well, there's no way that's him because he's covered up his head and we're yeah, spending yeah, all yeah. this time not showing who it is. Yeah, I was like, oh wait, it oh, was no, him. That's him. <laughs> it was him. Oh. Yeah, Every, everything is exactly what it seems. Yeah, I thought they were <laughs> trying to pull a twist, but no. Uh, so they find a laptop that was left, but it it starts smoking. Yeah, because on his way out. The laptop with all the evidence of all the bombs that he's created for the last decade, mm-hmm. he didn't have enough time to take it with him, but he yeah. had enough time to activate the explosive device built into his laptop. Right. So, Which, by the way, if this is a functional laptop, it shouldn't be filled with plastic explosives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, just, just take it with you. Yeah. Um, so they find out that there's a bomb inside, but they want the data. So Riley plugs in. And starts downloading while MacGyver tries to figure out a way to either disarm it or figure out how much time they have because they, there's no timer. It's just smoldering yeah. and eventually going to explode. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver takes the bomb outside and they look for they, – they stop a truck. Uh, uh, it looks like a garbage truck, yeah, I think. Yeah, it is a dump truck. And Even though they have a vehicle right next to them, as my mm-hmm. wife pointed out. Like, yeah. The, I guess plan, it, the plan was to siphon gas from a vehicle, and they took it out of this dump truck instead of the one that they were standing next to. I, I thought that they were gonna the the stopping of the dump truck was to throw the to bomb use in. it as a bomb disposal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought they were just gonna throw the bomb in there and then let it blow Kill up in the, the dump truck. truck guy. <laughs> uh, it would have been great if it was a uh, Davis 
driving the Oh, driving it? He's like, I got a bomb. Oh, okay, I, I get you. Just dumps a bunch of concrete on it. Uh, so this dump truck full of concrete? <laughs> just came back from came back from a construction site. So that doesn't answer the question. He just threw out a lot of white concrete <laughs> down to the construction yard. I take it over to the recycling. You recycle it? <laughs> yeah, it's still wet. <laughs> Perfectly good concrete. We use it for build roads for the homeless. The homeless? That's <laughs> what do they need roads for? <laughs> Where they're going, they don't need roads. This whole scenario is just getting totally out of hand. This is our tax dollars at work. Uh, <laughs> Roads for the home. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver dumps gasoline all over the laptop. Yeah. Uh, which While is, it's still on. Yeah. So instead of stopping what Riley is trying to do of download the hard drive... Yeah. It just stops the bomb or makes it moist. Yeah. Well, yeah. It breaks down the plastic mm-hmm. explosive enough that he can find the wire that was supposed to set it off. And pull it out. Yeah. Uh, presumably set it off by pulling it out. Because that's what I would have it. I would, I would say, like, the moment you pull it out, it goes off. Yeah. Because this is the only bomb in the episode that isn't two bombs for some reason. Mm hmm. Or does they explain that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe they all died. <laughs> Everything after this is heaven. <laughs> There's just like a random shot of the Phoenix Foundation, and just you just see one window just go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they start going through the files, and they find that he has kept video of ten years, all labeled just victim and the date. Yeah, like not who the victim was, just victim. Well, when you go into the folder, it has the victim's name. Oh, okay. Because when he pulled it up, it said like uh, was Pena, Victor Pena, or yeah. something like that. I think it was Anthony Pena. Wait, I have it right here. Michael Pena, what? Alfred Pena, wow. We were okay. way... Alfred? Maybe um, I was taking the word victim and changing it to the name Victor. <laughs> don't do not do that. Don't do it. Uh, so MacGyver looks through it and he finds the video of his commanding officer who died during the bomb explosion. Yeah. And he never got to see what happened on the inside because the moment he walked into this building the radio frequencies were being jammed. So he never heard the other side of the conversation. And uh, inside, the guy is talking about how how proud he is that he's going to be a dad and how happy he is that MacGyver's been helping him get through this so he can get home sooner to see her. It's just like, it's just like what do they call it? Is it is that pathos? Where you're, sure. Where you're building this whole thing up yeah. just so you can like feel horrible Well, it's exactly it. what happens when... Richard Dean Anderson's MacGyver meets Charlie Robinson at the yeah. beginning of Countdown. As he he pulls him aside and he's like, "So how have things been?" And he's like, "Well, you know, I didn't want to take this job, but I thought I'd do this one last job to yeah. help pay for my, you know, my my wife is pregnant. I got a baby girl on the way, and you know, we're trying to move into a, a place where we can, you know, support this child." And Phoenix Foundation threw a lot of money at yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And MacGyver's like, I don't want you on this, Charlie. Yeah, you got you to get off of this, man. You know, you can, you don't need this money. You can find it elsewhere. And he's like, ah, speak for yourself, Mac. I got this. I can yeah, take yeah. It. So we see now that uh, the his commanding officer, Alfred Pena, goes in, steps on a pressure plate, thinks he deactivates the wires that are connected to the plate, only to step off and trigger a second bomb. Right. And... 
so MacGyver's in tears. He's watching. He's watching the video. It's very, very graphic. And Jack sneaks back in. Yeah. Basically, when he thinks the video's over. And uh, you know, they have a moment of talk that that he had a daughter named her Annabelle, and he never knew the name that they had chosen because he had died. And he and then afterwards, MacGyver decided not to talk to the family. Yeah. He thought that it would. It was too hard. Mm, too hard for him. Yeah. I still wonder here if James Wan didn't pick the name Annabelle for this episode. Yeah, I feel like that's that's kind of a large coincidence because it's not a horribly common name. Yeah. Um, He goes to visit her and she's just a weird porcelain doll that murders people. Yeah. What do you expect? Her dad died. Give her a break. He's working a lot of trauma out. So Riley then comes in, and she found a series of financial records, which leads to a warehouse nearby. Right. There's a lot of really important information on this laptop that he left in the room. Yeah. That we've established he had plenty of time to take with him. Yeah, or just should have destroyed immediately. Right. Rather than having a countdown. Also, if we're trying to defuse the bomb because we want to get the material off the laptop, why don't we just take out the hard drive like we did with the laptop in the first episode? Yeah, because they come out. Yeah. Unless it's a Mac, they come out. Yeah. And this uh, was no Mac. Yeah. This, this was, was like Windows 3.1. Um, so the moment they head to the warehouse, I was just thinking, well, this thing is just going to explode the moment they walk up to it. Yep. Because that's what I would do if I were a mad bomber. Yeah. I would just have, I would just have the building explode if, if you got near it. But instead, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, they take two steps towards it and it blows up. And uh, once the crews arrive, they go inside. They find a burnt corpse. Right. Which they must assume is the ghost, but not MacGyver. Right. Yeah. MacGyver does not believe that this this is this is almost a Murdoch situation. Yeah. This uh, is maybe the fourth of six episodes this season where the bad guy does not say a single word. Yep. That's infuriating. We don't even see his face. Yeah. We see the back of his head sitting in a chair once. And then we see his corpse. Because uh, the guy... Well, what about the cop at the end? Is that is that supposed to be him? If it is the same guy, he still doesn't have any lines. Um, also, I don't think it's the same guy. Because I think that guy was uh, El Noche. The, I think that was that Ra- Raul Max... Uh, Trujillo. Uh, Trujillo. Okay, well, the, the person... Char- the, the character of the ghost, according to IMDb, was played by Nico Nicotera. Mm-hmm. Who plays? He's in a couple anarchy things. He played Roddy in the Purge Anarchy, mm-hmm. and he played Rat Boy in thirty-eight episodes of Sons of Anarchy. But but um, that guy did not look like the cop. No, the, the Nico Nico does not look like the cop. Right, he looks and more like Raul. Raul Max Trujillo, who plays Joaquin El Noche. What is the full name? Joaquin El Noche Sancola. Um, will come back next week. Yeah. So we are following this bomber into the next episode. So um, I guess we'll have more information next time since yeah. we But either way, no bad guy said any words in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, is the same in Metal Saw. It was the same last week. It's just weird that in like half of the episodes, the bad guy doesn't have a line. Yeah. Where it's... in the original like Mad Bomber countdown episode, the, I mean, spoiler alert, 140 episodes later. But, yeah. Um, the the bad guy was like one of the cops investigating it that's in the mm-hmm. control room that speaks for most of the episode. I, I would argue I don't I can't think of any villains from the original series of MacGyver's that didn't have 
yeah. a monologue or a moment where you get to know who they are or why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, with the exception of Nikki, none of the bad guys have been given any kind of development yeah. over the course of the, the whole show. Yeah, the, the one where they're protecting the the Martin Screlly jerk. No, None of the bad guys say anything in that nope, episode. nothing. That's crazy. Maybe only the pilot did the bad guy say anything, and that was Nikki. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Vinny. Vinny Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinny Jones said some stuff. And I feel like the guy on the train at least said something along the lines of, like, well, you're going to join us. There's no one soon. in the bathroom. Oh, taste. <laughs> um. But it's it's not a good thing to do. No, because you you need to you, you need to identify. And even the guys on the train were all henchmen. They weren't none yeah, of them yeah, was exactly. the bad guy. Yeah, they were all. So. Oh well, the bad guy was the guy who ran the corporation. He did have a couple of lines. Right, but his lines were like, "Do you have a warrant? Do you have a warrant? And what are you doing in my car? <laughs> what are you doing in my car? It wasn't like any kind of. We don't see any scenes of the bad guy without the good guys in the room. Yeah, or doing it, bad guy stuff. Yeah. Because, like, as bad as we're just being told that they're bad. We're not seeing them do bad things. Yeah. I need to see them do bad things. Come on, show us. Do it. Just do it. Or, uh, or in the case of this episode, we only see the bad things they do and almost none of the actual character. Yeah. Um, MacGyver has another flashback about his bomb training. And he fails one of the bomb tests because he wasn't paying attention to uh, the radio frequencies he was giving off. Right. Uh, because he's, that he's also being shouted at by like a drill sergeant. Yeah, like it looks like he's like like a bomb boot camp. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's like actual guys like training in the background. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he and it's it's Alfred Pena. Like this is obviously before yeah. the incident uh, is telling him you know that you need to like stay calm, be more focused, don't get emotional, and you know look beyond the obvious yeah. answer. So, uh, MacGyver still believes that uh, the ghost is alive, and he thinks that the UN peace talks are still his target. Yeah. So when they when they busted into the the apartment, he was watching the UN peace talks mm-hmm. on the television, implying that at least he still thinks something's going to happen. Yeah. And he saw the footage of MacGyver defusing the other bomb. So, despite the fact that he knows that bomb was intercepted, he still mm-hmm. thinks something's going to happen at the peace talk. Yeah. So. They start uh, patrolling the area of the UN. They're searching things. They're not finding anything. MacGyver has Riley pull up a satellite image, a live satellite feed, and he notices that there's a a mobile command for NYPD, which he immediately suspects. Cause, and like at first, like Patricia's like, "Well, that's normal." It's like, "Yeah, but not to have two of them." It's like, "Why? Yeah, why? Why? Why would that be abnormal? Why can't they? What if they had ten? I mean, I I, I would just accept how many there would be there." Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the UN. You should have more than one car, right? Um, and how do you know that the one that's out there isn't the one that's the one that's the bomb? Yeah. Like, well, what are you what are you thinking? So they run up to the truck, and the guy immediately like is looking suspicious. He's got scars all over his face. Like he's like clearly acting mad bomberish. Yeah. So he goes in. What the, if all of these villains who don't talk are Nikki in disguise? Like wearing Wilt's yeah. masks. Yeah. Oh my God. And Wilt... Wilt's in on it. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. How did we not realize this before? The show just got. That better be the amazing. finale, guys. If you if you guys are listening, writers, I hope that's your finale because that's amazing. You just got a back nine to set it up. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the season, I want to see like a Return to Oz style 
hall of masks mm-hmm. in Nikki's apartment somewhere. Oh my god. Fingers crossed. Uh Oh god, I lost where I was so excited about that idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, so um he, Yeah, he throws open the back of one of the police vans and this guy's standing in there. Yeah, he's being so, weird. Yeah, so J- Jack is at the back of the truck. He opens the doors. But he's standing on the street still. Yeah, and he's he opens on the, the door and he looks in. And the, it's one of those vans. It's one of those like cargo vans where the the cab and the back are connected into one, like an RV. Right. And so he sees the quote unquote bomber. We don't. We still don't know if this yeah. is him actually. I mean, the guy sees Jack and he sees the look of like, of like I'm coming to get you. Yeah. He runs out the passenger door and instead onto of onto the street and instead of just closing the door and going around the van. Yeah. Like anyone would have done. Anyone. He jumps up into the van and immediately clicks a pressure plate mm-hmm. down. And now, and even though he's aware that it's like a bomb, he goes, did that just go click? Everyone else stops chasing the bad guy. Yeah. Like. There's like 300 cops here. Yeah. And, and he w- the bad guy's just gone. Yeah. He, he just, he steals the car and gets away. Uh, so now Jack has to. Stay put while MacGyver tries to figure out how to disarm the bomb. He finds the wires that lead to the pressure plate, but he has the flashback of his CO and then remembers the video footage where even though his CO disarmed the pressure plate, there was still a secondary bomb. Right. So he's convinced that there's still another bomb, and he has Jack open up uh, one of the vents in the truck, which has a camera – and another bomb. Yeah. Now, I pointed out that the Swiss Army knife is totally different from the ones he's been using. It's, it's one of the... It's much bigger. Yeah, it's one of the extra wide ones. It has a lot more tools. Yeah. Um, well, they just got picked up for the back knife, so they had to yeah, put a yeah. lot more tools into the knife. Um, so, this bomb works off some sort of bolt, and what, it needs to be pulled out directly straight out. Which Jack, as MacGyver's explaining it to him, compares to the game operation. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, it's like Operation, but with a much bigger bang. So MacGyver, I'm not quite sure what's going on in the scene. I don't get it either. He, at all. He attaches... A system of pulleys. Yeah, a pulleys to the knife, to the bolt. And he, he said, wrap this around counterclockwise. So I, I imagine he's using some kind of like uh, directional force to unscrew it. But, but it doesn't make any sense because he, he's only... The direction that he's pulling the wrench from, it's only going to rotate it like 30 degrees. Yeah, and then it should stop. And then it should stop. But then he pulls it beyond that by like letting it have slack so that it goes down further. Mm-hmm. But then he pulls it like completely off. Unless the thing that he had wrapped around it was some kind of like like was acting like a like a spring, like a wound up spring. So every time he would let off slack, it would go, it would bring it around enough for yeah. him to. And then, then I don't know bolt, what's happening, but the bolt just falls out sideways. Yeah. It doesn't come straight out like it was supposed to. Um, and, and then Jack is like, thinks he's home free for a second before MacGyver starts shouting and running towards the mm-hmm. van, saying, "I still have to cut the wires on the on the plate on the pressure plate." And then so he cuts the red wire and then the green wire, which is not how I would have done it. But yeah, green, red light green first. Green light. <laughs> um. <laughs> what always bothers me about that scene is that he's shouting it at, at Jean Renault as if Jean Renault knows what it is. Yeah. It's like, no, that was told to you personally earlier in the movie. You're the <laughs> only one who knows what that means. <laughs> <laughs> this is an inside joke of just you. <laughs> he doesn't know it, but he's going to die hilariously. <laughs> uh, God, that movie's so good. 
Yeah. First Mission Impossible, I'm referencing here, people. It's it's an actual espionage spy movie. And the first 30 minutes alone are worth the price of admission. Yeah. Uh, so the bombs defused, the ghost got away, but we cut back to Jack, Riley, and Bozer back in L.A., getting ready to select their presidential masks for the movie. Right. Uh, Everybody's been dodging Taft all day. Yeah. Nobody wants to play Taft. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention it before, but we do get another uh, origami paperclip. Oh, yeah. Of, um, I thought it looked like a bomb with an explosion. You said it looked like a palm tree. Yeah. I, I, Definitely I, less defined than our previous yeah. shapes. But also all the more impossible... To yep. have folded with your bare fingers. In a like, car. Like, some of them, I go, okay, maybe. Yeah. But this one is like, no. This is pl- pliers crimped. Yeah. Like, it's too perfect. In fact, I think it's too long to be a paperclip. <laughs> That's probably true, actually. It, it, it's like one No, of, I guarantee you they didn't, they didn't just cut a piece of wire and do something. Like, they at least held themselves to using a paperclip. It's just got to be a giant one, I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Riley chooses her president to be Morgan Freeman. Right. And from the, what she calls the movie with the meteor that hits the earth. Right. Um, and we were having an interesting conversation about, I still think. Yeah. It is a meteor. I I tried to look it up, but, um, like, because in the movie, they call it a comet. Well, it's a comet because it's, it hasn't reached the earth's atmosphere. Yeah. It's a comet because it's, it's ice. It's ice. Um, now meteors generally are, are rock and metal, but the definition of a meteor is just an object that enters the earth's atmosphere and gains enough heat from friction to glow, which I think a comet would. Yeah. Um, and so when I tried to find out like what's, you know, what would a comet be called if it entered the atmosphere? Now, one person said that it would be an earth ending event. Um, and I said, because okay. a comet is by definition large enough to, well, no, because the, the heat, what he said that a comet would, uh, explode in the air and it would cause a global catastrophe. It's like, well, it would set the atmosphere on fire. Yeah. But no, it well, comets have already, the Tunguska blast was a comet. It wasn't rock. No, it was, it was a comet that exploded. The reason it exploded because it was flash boiling in the air as it yeah. was coming down. And it ex- and it exploded once it hit a point. Yeah. Um, and so, obviously, this is a much bigger comet, and we're kind of going into this a little bit more detail. But that was 1908. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it wouldn't like I I disagree with that guy's assumption that it would be an Earth-ending event. Right. But, but would it be classified as a meteor or meteorite if it meteorite hit? is if it touches the ground? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I think it would. Like, yeah. I think anything, I think, other so than, So she like was a, right when she said Meteor. Yeah. Technically. But she's talking about the movie Deep Impact. Mm-hmm. Because even in Armageddon, they call it an asteroid because it hasn't entered the atmosphere yet. Right. So, and... Uh, but in both movies it does, right? Or no? No. No, in, in Armageddon it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, fragments of it uh, hit but earlier on. Off. But, well, but... They know it's coming because oh, of the, right. the smaller fragments that are preceding it. Because like it smashed that dude selling Godzillas in. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, and uh, and hanging with Mr. Cooper was like. Uh, like looks out like oh what happened? Yeah. There's just a dog standing there. 
So 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 weird. They have like Eddie Griffin and I can't. I'm, I'm blanking on who plays Mr. Cooper. Uh, yeah, I forget his name. Uh, in like two randoms, it just a, that was it. That's the only part of them in the movie. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of like when uh, they go to buy Bumblebee in the first Transformers movie. Oh yeah, Bernie Mac. It's like just for one scene, and then he's just gone for the rest of the whole franchise. Do you feel like Kevin Hart is trying to replace the void that Bernie Mac left when he died? I felt like Cedric the Entertainer was filling that void. Really, I don't feel like he's filling it, filling it all that well. Then I, th- I thought he was trying to. I didn't say he was doing a good job. Oh, okay, I, I feel think like... Kevin Hart's too small to fill the void. Well, yeah, but I, but I feel like he's he's out there. He's putting himself out there more. Maybe. I love Kevin Hart. Yeah. And I like Bernie Mac. I miss Bernie Mac. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she wants to be Morgan Freeman was the end of that story. Yeah. Um, and MacGyver decides to go visit the family of his, the Pena family. Right. And, and meet Has Annabelle. Has a little tea party with Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And help fix her, her doll. Yeah. Rather than make a creepy napkin doll for yeah. her. Like like he would have done if this were last week's episode. So and that's I mean we end the episode there where he yeah. just says, Hey, I'm a friend of your dad's and she's just, just awkwardly like, I'm a child and I never met my dad. Like yeah. this is a weird conversation to have with me at this age. Yeah. Maybe maybe when I'm a bit older we can talk about what yeah. my dad was like. Yeah. Um I mean th- this is interesting in that um we now have a potential for another reoccurring villain. This girl, you think? Yeah. Oh, she's because because this is like like a Kill Bill. First, she's gonna fall into like a vat of plastic, like at the end of a Chucky movie. Yeah. And then she turns into just the Annabelle doll, like yeah. the same universe. It, it's like it's like the orphan, but she's just pretending to be a doll. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know. Maybe the orphan was pretending too. She was. Spoiler alert. What? Uh. So I like the idea that there's a potential for a villain. I don't like the idea that the villain – I don't care because I don't care about the villain because the villain hasn't done anything yeah, really. Yeah, he, he didn't say anything. Yeah. And – Like yeah. they, they're, they're setting him up to be like a Murdoch where where he, he's like – But Murdoch oh. had lines in his first episode. Murdoch not only had lines. He has the best lines. Yeah. Um, he's so smug and so fun. This guy is nothing yet. He, it really feels like the writers are being constrained – to not give speaking lines to anyone outside of the main cast. Because we don't want to have to pay actors. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And and I'm hoping that, you know, with the, the natural budget inflation that happens uh, as, like, seasons keep going, mm-hmm. that we'll see better developed villains in the future. But this this whole season has been pretty lame. Like, even season seven of the original series had better villains. Oh, yeah. Than this. I mean, we, and I, I still think some of these episodes are better than episodes in season seven. I mean, in the last episode of MacGyver, the original series, we had a guy trying to build fusion bombs. Yeah. Like, okay, and he Which talked. was also kind of the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> a guy who's trying to ignite the, the whole atmosphere and, mm-hmm. and destroy humanity. Yeah, but, but he had lines. Yeah. Like, they weren't great lines. These but two scientist characters had whole conversations before we even talked to MacGyver. Yeah. So, uh... It's just weird. It, 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 like, no show no show has any villains that don't say anything. Like, uh, like CSI... I mean, I don't watch enough television to know that for sure. Well, well okay. I, I guess I don't either. But I feel like any kind of procedural, like, like Monk or CSI... Yeah. That, like, a big part of it should be 
building up a villain with a motivation and trying to ex- at least explain his motivation. Yeah. Like even even like murder mysteries. Like we like, don't even know why this guy's blowing people up. Yeah, exactly. We just know that he likes blowing people up. As far as we know. Oh, he just he just blows people up. He's yeah. got he's got a folder of all the people he blew up. Why does he do that? It's not important. Yes, it is. Yeah, is he getting paid? It's important if you want me to care about this character. I mean, so, like, but what are the consequences of his failure to blow up the UN? It seemed yeah. like it seemed like he doesn't care that he failed. Yeah. See, Murdoch cared that he failed. Like, it, yeah. it was important for him to you succeed. You can tell by the way he said, MacGyver! Or, on his way off the cliff. Or, or just whatever. the fact that he's so angry that he failed yeah. and probably didn't get paid. Yeah, and uh, doubly furious in the next episode. Yeah, so it, it just seems like this guy just was like, oh, yeah, you know, I just keep blowing up stuff. Who's the body that they found? Yeah. I don't know. Some guy. Well, didn't we decide that one of them was El Noche and one of them was the ghost? Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, I don't. I still don't get which one is which. Yeah, there, there are two people credited as El Noche. Because um, El Noche is in the next episode. Yeah. So it's And judging from the description i want to say that el noche was not the bad guy in the next episode also there's own credit as inmate was it were we ever in a prison uh no and that has to be for next week's episode okay his name was gasper something yeah uh what is the actor's name juan gaspard oh juan Juan gaspard because he was credited last week as a character Mm -hmm. and didn't show up in the episode and i know because he has a very specific look to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week's episode is about them breaking El Noche out of a prison. Okay. And so it's in the next week's episode, but I think this guy is trying to put his own credit online, and he doesn't know which episode he's in. Yeah, I think I think that there's a lot of – for people listening, we, we don't have much to go on because this is a new series. Yeah, and so when we did the original series, the credits were set in stone pretty much because it had been so long. That, yeah, with the exception of the beginning. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> And we and we fixed that for you. Yeah, we took care of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. I feel like a jerk now. Uh, All of a sudden, <laughs> a year and a half later. Uh, but uh, so we only have what's on IMDb as far as who we think people are. But again, it's so hard to identify who people are when they don't talk. Yeah. They don't say anything. So unless someone's saying that's the I dot, am dot, El dot. Noche. Can just wear a name tag. It's Spanish for the noche. Yeah, so I mean, it wasn't it was an all right episode, I guess. I mean, it, it's just bombs it, are fun. Yeah, it's very frustrating though. I need more information. I mean, it's it's kind of countdown, and it's kind of what was that season six Mad Bomber episode with the the people mm. with the burned hands. So, oh, oh, uh, I know the episode you're talking about. Something Syndrome? Prometheus Syndrome. Prometheus Syndrome. With Jeanette Goldstein. Right, yeah. That that episode even, they set the villain up and they explain really well yeah, why? what the motivation is. His yeah. wife was killed and, and he was trying to collect on insurance and he accidentally killed his wife and he blames the fire department for not saving his wife in time. Mm-hmm. And then even the, the, the Viking in Countdown, it was like, yeah. oh, well, you know, uh, he was he was in Vietnam with them. He served with them, and he was traumatized by the experience. And, mm-hmm. and it's like there's explanations for why these characters do what they do built into the episode, and it doesn't seem like it should be that hard. Yeah, I mean, even just crib stuff from the original series. If you're gonna bring back Charlie Robinson, like bring back the the villain motivation. Yeah, 
there's not that many people watching that remember the countdown episode that are going to see the telegraphing of the move. Like, mm-hmm. just set it up the exact same way and just make it at least slightly more interesting because we care about why the villain is doing what they're doing. Yeah. But, um... You have an hour. I mean, well, okay, you have, you have 42 minutes. Yeah. Maybe 40 minutes. But other shows do it. Other shows do it really well. They They... They they let you understand the villain a little bit. Yeah. You don't need like he doesn't need to have a five minute scene. He just needs to have one scene where he speaks, does something that you don't like, and you go, oh, I don't like that guy. Yeah. That's all you need. I and mean, if and if you're if you think you're pressed for time, take out the scene where MacGyver talks to a six year old about her dead dad. Yeah. Like show him walk up and sit down across the table from her. That's all you needed because he doesn't say anything else that we wouldn't have guessed he would have said. Mm-hmm. Without having seen that conversation, or cut that worthless opening gambit. Yeah, like I, get what, I mean, like I do appreciate having the opening gambits brought back because they were a really fun part of the original show. But they were a fun part of the original show because they were twelve minutes long, mm-hmm. and the reason they stopped doing them is because they were too expensive. Yeah, and uh, and you're not spending any money on these opening gambits, so it's almost not worth it. Like save that money and spend it on four lines from the villain. Mm-hmm. Let that guy get his damn residual check. Yeah. But I think that's about it for this one. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share with us on Reboot Season 1, Episode 6, Wrench, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week when we review, as far as IMDb is concerned, Can Opener. Mm-hmm. So look out for the opening game that I predicted at the Cannes Film Festival, which <laughs> will not happen. Um, and same director, same writer coming back, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe same same villain, maybe if it's a villain, I don't know. Yeah, it again, the INDB credits might be all messed up. Yeah, it's entirely possible that this El Noche character was not even in this episode, and that he's just in the next episode, and they accidentally put him in both. Mm-hmm because they didn't know which episode he was in. I don't remember them saying El Noche at all on this episode, so actually, now that I think about it, it was all the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think El Noche's in here at all. So, uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sure someone will tweet me. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.